Hi, everybody. I'm Diane Canada, and we are live. Hope you're having a great Wednesday. Our series this week has been Wicked Witches of the South. <laughs> we talked Monday about the characteristics that conservative women have that can seem rather off-putting to the very people that we're trying to win over to our value system. We talked about what is often behind that behavior and how we have to be self-aware of how we're perceived. You know, we talked about how we need a rebranding or a makeover when it comes to that perception and how we can't put on an act. It has to be a sincere change of heart if we're going to win people back to conservative values. Yesterday, we dove into the how, right? I'm very practical. And a lot of people say we need to stand up or we need to unite, but nobody really tells us how to do that. So we like to talk about the how on this show. Now, we are the tough love party, right? We believe in equal opportunity, but not equal outcome. So we're accused of lacking compassion or empathy. Now, we know as conservative women that that couldn't be further from the truth. We absolutely have compassion and empathy for our fellow man. So with more insight into how we're perceived and a better approach, we're not going to keep blowing our chances at reaching the people in our sphere of influence that are seeking or that are lost or that are being deceived right now with the socialist ideals. We have to understand that no one wants someone else's values pushed on them. I don't want that. I know you don't either. So our job is not to push or force or convince. We are simply to plant seeds of truth and curiosity, and then we allow God to do his part in watering them. It took a long time to build this political climate of division and offense. It's going to take a minute to turn it around. Trains don't turn on a dime. I know a lot of us feel like we don't have time, but we need to move out of the spirit of desperation, and we need to move into the spirit of inspiration if we're going to have a chance at this. So today we're going to start working on messaging. If there's one thing that conservatives need, it's better messaging. <laughs> our toolbox has to be thrown out because our old tools, they just don't work anymore. They're worn out. Sizable segments of our new generation, not all, but sizable segments have been indoctrinated. They're leaning toward this mirage of utopian society, socialism, and they're leading with their feelings. They are the most fragile generation. Again, not all, but a large segment of them are the most fragile generation that we've ever seen in America. They are fearful and they're also very susceptible to persuasion. So we have to know our audience, right? If we are trying to reach them, we have to understand them. Only then can we craft a strategy to reach them. So today, let's figure out who they are. What do they actually want? How have they bought into these ideals? What is it that's so attractive about them? And then how can we correct our messaging so that they're willing to hear us? 
So let's dive into that. I think we're going to have some great discussion around this today. I've got two ladies going to come and join me on the show. Um, I first want to welcome my good friend and great conservative woman of God, financial planner here in Franklin, Tennessee, Lisa Biles. Please welcome Lisa to the show. Hi, love. Hi, Diane. Hi, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. They're glad to have you here. And uh, also joining me today is my friend, Patty Possel. Patty, uh, like I did, ran for the, the Tennessee State House of Representatives. I ran in the Nashville area. She ran in the Memphis area. And she also serves with me in the Nashville Republican Women's Club. So please welcome in Patty Possel. Hi, Patty. Hi, guys. Thanks welcome. for having me. Hi, Patty. Yes, Lisa. Glad to have you here today. Glad to have you. All right, ladies. So let's unpack this today, shall we? I mean, again, big subject might take us a couple of days to fully do this, and that's okay. That's why we build these topics out over the course of a week, because we don't want to rush this, right? There's a lot, lot here. So let's talk about our audience. Like, who are they? When we're talking about whether it's the, I'm kind of focusing today on, on my side, and you guys can bring a different segment if you'd like, but I'd like to focus on that 18 to 34 year old age group today. These are the ones that are in college now or maybe graduated recently or just really starting families, you know, those that are coming into their early 30s. That's the age group I'm referring to in all of my comments today. And I really thought it would be interesting to figure them out. You know, before we can start passing along our values, we need to know who they are. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So one, I really did some research. I've been researching so much on this subject, you guys. And here are some things that I came up with today. They believe in gay rights, racial equality, immigration, gun control, abortion rights, and global warning, warming. These are the things that are like on their short list of importance. In their minds, they see us as intolerant, that we reject science, and that we disregard the poor. That's what we're up against. <laughs> okay, that's what we're dealing with. So Patty, I'm going to bring you in first and, and comments on that. Anything that stand out in your mind when I when I share that? Ignorance is, <laughs> is, is <laughs> I'll just jump right in there. Ignorance. Um, You've got to study any one of those topics and dig in and really find the truth, right? Mm -hmm. On abortion, I mean, the three of us weren't probably born or we were very small children when Roe v. Wade went through um, the Supreme Court, right? <coughs> Excuse me. So we've all grown up with abortion access, mm -hmm. right? And as conservative women, um, I would venture to say the three of us were all brought up in households where we value life, mm -hmm. right? That, that life begins at conception. Mm -hmm. And if life begins at conception, then we must protect that child, right? Mm -hmm. So for us, it, it's a moral warfare, right? Because yeah. we're being criticized saying that we're not empathetic, that we don't value the poor, that we don't value all these people, but yet they're being ignorant to what are we fighting for? We're fighting for life, mm -hmm. all life, right? Regardless of who that mother is, we're fighting for that life. So 
you know, that that's an intolerance and it's a projection, but it's all based on ignorance in yeah, my and again, and again, I see, you know, the the common denominator in this is now, obviously, if we go up to someone like that and we say you're ignorant, <laughs> we're no, not going to no, you can't say that. <laughs> right. Even if we believe that and, and ignorance isn't, I think what you're saying, because I know your heart. I don't think you're you're trying to be offensive to anyone when you say that. No. It's just, it's just they don't know what they don't know, right? And right. They, they don't know our perspective on it, mm -hmm. right? And they really yeah. don't care to hear it. <laughs> no, and they're projecting. Yeah, you know, I mean, even if you get into the different Christian denominations, a lot of us are guilty of projecting of what we think that other denomination thinks, feels, and all of that. But in reality. We know our own, maybe, but we may not really know theirs or the details of that, right? So you project out what you've heard from other people or your perception of that, right? Mm -hmm. Versus really knowing it from the inside and, and knowing those details to be able to compare and contrast and why, why do you choose what you choose? Yeah. It goes, and you can do that with the environmental issues. Right. If they're saying, you know, we're, we're we don't care about the climate. Mm -hmm. But in reality, if you think about that, people who are over 60, I mean, we grew up repurposing the grocery bags. Right. Mm -hmm. Because they were our garbage bags. We didn't have glad bags. Mm -hmm. Nobody went out every or you go. Why would you spend money on plastic when you got these bags? that you're getting from the grocery and you're putting in your trash can and they're biodegradable and everything else. But yet we're recycling without even realizing we're recycling. Right. Mm -hmm. So we do care about the environment because that plastic bag is handy. Right. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't break down the same as that paper bag. Mm -hmm. So there, there are many things that we have done that we're caring about the environment, but yet we're projected out as not caring about the environment. And then if you, okay, so don't use the word ignorance, right? But if you really- I, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> no, I know, it's offensive. But in the back of your head going, just on these topics, yeah. it, it really boils down to how much science have you really studied? Yeah. It was kind of like with the, um, uh, when the, the pipeline in the Gulf, mm -hmm. um, you know, the platform blew up, remember that? And, you know, all the beaches in Florida, they were all closing down because all of this oil. Mm -hmm. Well, if you were an airline pilot and you flew over the Gulf of Mexico during the worst of that oil spill, and I'm not in encouraging oil spills and we got to clean them up. We got to protect the wildlife, all of that. But oil's been bo boiling, bubbling up from the ground from the dawn of time. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I don't want to say it was a drop in the bucket, but in the big scheme of things, it was a little bit of a drop of, in the bucket, but yet everybody was talking about that for so long and how it's ruining this and how it's ruining that. And it did ruin things. I mean, I'm not saying it didn't ruin things, but in the big scheme of things, they were able to cap it. They were able to, you know, clean it up. Um, we shouldn't let it happen. I'm not saying that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we were all concerned about it, but from different angles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
And that's where you get into climate change. And is climate change real? Yeah, but how many ice ages have we had? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think it's the it's the proportion. I mean, I think that's kind of what we're getting at is is the perceptions and the proportions, and maybe those are a little askew, you know, right now. Lisa, let me bring you in for a minute, minute, and tell me what comes to mind for you um, when we're talking about, you know, our audience, their perceptions of us. You know, they're seeing us, like I said, as intolerant that we reject science and that we disregard the poor. This is um, this is what they perceive us as as conservative women. Yeah. Well, um, actually, I hang out with a lot of people in this age group. Um, mm-hmm. My house is always open and I always have a, a fire going on out back and everyone is welcome. So, you know, just my children's friends growing up and, and having my after my daughter passed away, all of her friends still like to come over and hang out. And mm-hmm. so I so I have a lot of firsthand knowledge about this with some of the age groups. But what I what my perception is what I've noticed is they're very well read, right? Mm-hmm. So they're reading a lot. They're, they're, they're really up on the times of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So that is a bonus. And, but mm-hmm. he, here's the thing. I feel like the resource of where they're getting their information is an issue. Mm-hmm. Our mainstream media would, um, yes, push this fear out there, um, would, would talk about these things. And, you know, for me, I always think about, okay, so what's going on? Let's follow a money trail. So, so, and that's one of the things I try to teach them. What's the money trail? What's mm-hmm. the money trail behind that? Um, which I, I think is important and teaching them to be critical thinkers, right? So mm-hmm. I do feel like, um, I do feel like this age group, number one, they're going to be leaders of our country, right? Yeah. So when we get older, like, this is important. It's really important. And I I, I would just like to encourage people, if you're not a, around um, these kind of, uh, this kind of age group, uh, maybe make a point, whether, you know, whether it's your groups or the ball field or, or um, church, you know, get involved a little bit. So, because they love to talk, they will mm-hmm. talk and um, but what you find out is as you talk, you you have more in common than what you realize of just being able to sit down. And so like one of my conversations not very long ago was I was I was just talking about, oh, it's sad when you have uh, two parents working in a household and they're they're making minimum wage or just above minimum wage and they're struggling to make ends meet. They're struggling to keep food on the table. They're struggling to um, keep clothes on their children. And I was like, that that is that that's horrible. You don't you wouldn't think with two people working in a household it should be. And so this this millennial says to me oh so you're so you are democrat and i was like what do you mean i'm i'm a democrat like what what does that say to you and so it taught me something that they're thinking in their mind oh if you're if you're a republican you just feel like you know the wealthy should have tax breaks the wealthy should uh, be ruling our country um and 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 i was just like that's what you think it means to be a Democrat is that you care about other people and you care that people have uh, equal opportunity using that word specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very interesting to me. So it, it does make you wonder like, okay, maybe what do we need to focus on 
uh, talking about and, and getting this word out that, no, that doesn't mean that I'm a Democrat or no, that doesn't mean that you can't be a Republican or, you know, just putting labels on it. I, I was just, I was dumbfounded. At the, and so I'm like, where do you get that information? Um, so once again, you know me, I'll get on the soapbox of education. Education mm -hmm. is huge. And I feel like even if you don't have children in school, you should be um, you should be involved with what is going on in our education system. You should be involved with looking at what are they teaching our children and how could you help? How can you get involved? You know, a lot of people are like, I'm busy. I, I, I don't have time for this. I got to do, you know, I got kids going here and there, whatever, whatever it is that you're doing. But then so my response is, but how important is it to you? Mm -hmm. Because you need this age group when you're older and you need to rely on them. You may look back. You don't want to look back and say, oh, I wish I would have taken the time. We all take time for things that are important to us. And I, I, the question I beg is, how important is this to you? So I really feel like, you know, we can talk about this age group, the millennials, but it goes back to what did they learn? Where are they getting their information? What what what? What were, how were they brought up in the, you know, with, with education? What were they taught? Um, and, and it's so important. I just think that, you know, books were being brought in as they are now um, currently that are teaching our children some really strange things. So it's important. Find out what that is. What are, what are they learning? Um, yeah. yeah. I want to show you guys uh, something. And, and I, I'm going to show this several times this week because I think I think it's really worth repeating. Um, I, I go to Reagan a lot too, and uh, a lot of my my he's he's just one of my favorite presidents, and I feel like he had a lot of wisdom, and he took quite a beating. You know, uh, the socialism was a hot topic in his presidency, and so I'm going to put up a quote here that uh, that he said, and this is there are no great limits to growth because there are no limits to human intelligence, imagination, and wonder. So thinking about shifting to the idea of inspiration, like when we when we look at our millennials right now and our Gen Zers, you know, those that grew up in the internet age and all of that, it's scary to me when I see this quote that millennials, the national polls continue to show us that a large majority of millennials have a favorable view of socialism. Get this, you guys, 62, let me get my quote right, 62% in the 18 to 34 year old category think we need a strong government to handle today's complex economic problems. The near majority of them favor uh, the compassion of socialism over capitalism because they think that we're indifferent to people on the bottom of the economic ladder. That's what they think. So this is kind of reiterating, you know, what I was talking about in the opener. So if that's what they think of us, uh, that they that we are not empathetic and that we are not compassionate, this is this is our uphill battle to show them that we are right. So I think the way we're going to start to combat this is to bring in the ideas of inspiration. Don't settle for a small life or don't trade your your independence, your creativity, your imagination, your incentives, all of this potential that's inside of you for the safety and security of government to take care of you. Because this is what they want, y'all. They want universal health care. They want a higher national minimum wage. They want free college tuition. 
these are and when we look at this stuff we think okay we're the richest country in the world right we um we are the nation that can afford this we are the nation sorry patty i put you up by accident we are the uh the nation that can afford this right there's no reason why our children need, should have to pay to go to pay to go to college there's no reason why people should, should have should, should be sick and not be able to get medical care okay but here's here's the the deeper thought behind this guys it's, it's not that we don't want people to be able to get healthcare. It's not that we don't want people to be able to have affordable housing or, you know, be able to make a decent wage. The problem is that when we look to government, like Reagan says, when we look to government to take care of and solve our problems rather than looking within at our own potential, there's a very slippery slope into taking away our choices. That This socialist idea, I, I'll put up another quote here that I love, this is from a, uh, a Soviet chess player um, by the name of Gary Kasparov, and he's pretty popular out there. He says, I'm enjoying the irony of Bernie Sanders supporters lecturing me, a former Soviet citizen, on the glories of socialism and what it really means. Socialism sounds great in speech, soundbites, and on Facebook, but please keep it there. In practice, it corrodes not only the economy, but the human spirit itself and the ambition and achievement that made modern capitalism possible brought billions of people out of poverty. So, and the quote goes on, but the point being that we think it's a utopia, right? These children are, are drawn to it because of the compassion, because everybody should have this, everybody should have that, but they don't understand the deeper meaning, which is what, what do we trade for that security? What yeah, do we trade? That, that's where I feel like every high school student or junior high student should travel yeah, and they should go to some third world countries that are, that are socialistic based governments. They also should go over to Germany and see what the difference between what once was called East Germany versus what was West Germany and just have random conversations with people who live there. Because if you travel the world, you then, you then learn what socialism really does mean, or even just hop down to the islands like Cuba. Cuba opened up, right? And everybody's going, let's go to Cuba, let's go to Cuba, mm -hmm. which was a great place to go to find 1950 style cars mm -hmm. because they're well kept mm -hmm. and they're so well kept because they can't get anything else. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what well, socialism cut off the embargo. Yeah, and they were cut and, off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you look at 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 um, universal health care. Go to Cuba and see what that really means, because mm -hmm. we all know people who went on mission trips there as soon as they opened up, right? And what did they take with them? In addition to toys for small children, they're taking your used glasses. They're taking your half bottles of of heart medication. They're they're taking all of those things. Why? Mm -hmm. Because in socialism, there's the black market care, mm -hmm. and then there's the government care. And what does that mean? So again, you know, be compassionate. I want everybody to get care, but in order to get care, you can't have all the bureaucracies of government. Mm -hmm. You're right. It, and it stifles, the inspiration and the creativity, right? Because yeah. why should that doctor go out and push himself 
when he's not going to get a bigger paycheck, he's not being rewarded. He's being overworked because everybody only gets three minutes in the office. Mm -hmm. That's the trade-off, right? Yeah. He had another, yeah, he had another great quote. Um, he said, when markets are allowed to work, free markets are allowed to work, they continue to generate innovation that expands options and reduces costs. And so this is what we're talking about. You know, when we allow free markets, then they make life easier and better for customers, takes less of our disposable income that to enjoy the fruits of that labor. Cars are more reliable. All these things, everything improves in the free market society. You know, Lisa, how do we start to inspire them and help them see the benefits of a free market capitalist society, as opposed to, you know, them thinking that we're just, you know, we just don't care about the poor. And we're always going to have some poor in a society that we need to care for, but it's becoming, you know, pretty unbalanced, you know, at this point. Mm -hmm. I think once again, it goes back to a, a lack of knowledge. And mm -hmm. I love the quote because that's my, that's my feeling is it looks like it when you get little bit, bits and pieces, these little bite-sized memes or whatever that, that makes it look like, oh, socialism is wonderful. You know, we'll all be this middle-class success middle-class society and um, it makes it look wonderful, but they're not seeing um, the repercussions of that. And so I, I think it's important that, you know, as much as we can possibly to get that word out, what that really means. And, um, you know, maybe we uh, as conservative women could do a better job of using our social media to, to, to educate as well. Um, you know, it, I think that it's important to talk about these at length. You can't just have a little meme and and, and say, oh, this is what socialism looks like, right? No. Um, so, yeah, once again, we're going back to not the just the lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hi, Cynthia's watching and she's got a good quote or a good uh, comment here. Public officials should invite former citizens of socialist countries to speak to middle school, high school and college students. Yeah. Couldn't agree more, you know, and what you were saying to Patty, I thought was so good that showing your kids, you know, having them, one of the things we said earlier in the week is have your children talk to someone who's lived in a socialist nation, or if you can't, if, you know, there's so many of us, we have such a great network anymore that somebody, you know, knows somebody who has lived in a socialist nation. And if, if for some reason you can't find that person, then go to, go to an event where they're speaking. And, and take your children so that they can actually hear it right out of their mouths. Um, you know, but even getting away from the idea of socialism for a minute, as we start to wind down here, um, our time goes so quickly, but even getting away from the idea of socialism for a minute, if we just look at the areas of, you know, compassion, if we just look at, you know, all of these things we're talking about, like the gay rights, you know, and what, where did I have that note earlier? Um, you know, racial equality, immigration, gun control, all these things that are even just within our own society that aren't even dependent on the ideas of socialism. We have got to start speaking to that, you know, and, and not just you're I'm right and you're wrong. Can't be that. It has to be what, how do we inspire them toward our belief system? And one of the, you know, we're going to talk about this a lot, but one of the things you can do is tell a story, you know, not make it a confrontation. Um, like I said, invite people, into their lives that can give them a differing opinion. I read a book uh, today called The Coddling of the American Mind. I'm going to put it up for you guys so you guys can pick up a copy of it. Um, it's so, so, so good. 
this is, we have to look deeper at how we've arrived at a generation like this. And this book was so good in laying out the fact that we, you know, we have raised a generation that is very fragile and scared of ever. We've raised them in a safety. We've OD'd them in safety. Maybe I can just put it that way. And it kind of started in the late 80s and early 90s. They were bringing up great points about how we started, you know, using car seats, which car seats are a good thing. I'm not against those. But, you know, we used to, when I was growing up, we didn't have car seats. <laughs> you know, you held the baby on the lap, you know. Um, and again, I'm not advocating for that, but I'm just saying safety took priority. We started baby proofing houses. You know, we started refusing as we started learning more about some abductions that happened to our children you know, started going on the milk cartons and all that. We thought that all of our neighborhoods were, you know, prone to our children being abducted. So we quit letting them play in the front yard or riding their bikes off, you know, where we couldn't see them. We stopped having, you know, playtime in schools and we've replaced that now with technology. And I mean, there's so many things we have done to, to create this monster, you know, and so they are a very fragile, safety conscious society. So they are ripe for the pickings when it comes to a socialist ideal. I mean, this is it's trading their freedoms for security. We have to take some of the responsibility in yes. that. Um, and we're going to build this out more tomorrow, but we've got to start speaking to, in, we've got to get out of the desperation and we've got to get into the inspiration if we hope to win them. So as we wind down before we pray over you guys today, final thoughts today, Patty, on this subject. Yeah. here Here's a, a thought. Why are so many immigrants coming from the South and Romania and some of the Eastern, what once were the Eastern Bloc countries that were all socialist? Why are they wanting to come to America if socialism is so fabulous? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. Lisa, some parting thoughts for today? Well, I just think as a parent, there's nothing wrong with going back and saying to our kids, oh, I raised you the best way I, I could with the knowledge I had at the time, you know, and there's nothing wrong with going back and saying, sorry, if I kept you sheltered or sorry, if I, if I didn't teach you about the Lord or sorry, if I, there's nothing wrong with having adult conversations with our adult children. Um, mm -hmm. We could go back and say these things to them. We don't have to just blow them off and think, oh, they just think a certain way. You know, we can't, we don't want to, we don't want to offend them. We can't say anything. It's mm -hmm. okay to go back and just say, I only, I, I, I only knew what I knew at the time, you know, yeah. or, or I just, I didn't realize I was sheltering you so much or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever that is. It's okay. Like you say, take responsibility for ourselves. None of us got it right. There's no such thing as a perfect parent. That's, That's right. Not gonna happen. That's right. You're so right. Yeah, we need to let ourselves off the hook. You know, we this is the information that was being pumped out to us when we were in the parenting rearing years and what's being pumped out to parents today. So we're all doing the best we can. You know, there's no shame in it. But yes, now we understand that there's a disconnect. And so now we can try to reconnect, you know, to what is helpful and what is going to start speaking to their hearts. We've, again, I just want to close with the idea that we've got to get out of the desperation. We... God knew this was happening. God is still on the throne. We've still got time because only one out of five Americans has a favorable view of socialism. It's not four out of five yet. It's just still one out of five. <laughs> so there's still a lot more of us than there are of them. But we've got to get in the ring and we've got to start uh, really getting serious. Like Lisa said, getting involved, getting serious and uh, making an effort to have a voice. We are not the silent majority anymore. We can't afford to be. We can't afford to be silent. So 
we're going to pray over you guys today. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to continuing to building this topic out the rest of the week. I hope you're enjoying it. Let us know your comments. And even if you're watching this on the replay, let us know how you feel. All right, but let's close today in prayer. And, uh, I just, uh, I just want to come to you, Lord, and lift up everyone under the sound of my voice right now, especially those women who are genuinely fearful for the direction of our country. I want you to calm their hearts today, Lord, and to remind them that you can give the peace that surpasses understanding. That, Lord, you did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love and of sound mind. And love is how we're going to turn this around. People say we need to unite, Lord, but you've got to show us how. You've got to give us your wisdom. Give us the right temperament. Give us the right demeanor. Give us the right heart to speak to those people in our sphere of influence and win them to you, Lord. Because it's really not about Democrat or Republican, Lord. It's about you. We're sorry for what we've made it, Lord, when it's all about you. We love you and we trust you and we thank you, Lord, for your wisdom. We thank you that you're healing our land as we speak. We thank you that there's a, a, a Christian revival happening in our nation right now, Lord. And we're just going to continue to look to you as prisoners of hope. We thank you for all you've done, all you will do. We love you with all our hearts, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, ladies, thank you for being with me today, both of you. I appreciate you, Patty Postle and Lisa Biles. And uh, thank all of you for tuning in today. Uh, we will see you back here tomorrow at 3 o'clock sharp. Have a wonderful afternoon. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.